Good morning, and welcome back to our Weekly Wiseman, the Weekly Wiseman podcast where we go through the films of Frederick Wiseman. My name is B. Peterson, I am your host, and with me as always is... Harold Urtiaga with another Frederick Wiseman production. Zipper release. All right. Yeah, I... I, I was trying to do that in the style of like a, a a beat producer. You know how they have tags. So yeah. it'll, it'll say Mike Will made it or uh, Yo Pierre, you want to come out here? Um, I think Frederick Wiseman should incorporate that. So th- at the very beginning, mm. you know, once mm. you get those establishing shots of whatever uh, place Wiseman is going to be delving into for this go, you get, yeah. you know, a sultry British lady saying another Ooh. Frederick Wiseman production. Or or at the end of his credits, you you get the 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 logo come up and then just show enough, you dig by any means necessary. <laughs> just yeah, just go just bullet holes across the frame. Um Yeah, just rip off Spike Lee. <laughs> absolutely. How how are how are you doing? Um how 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 is school going for you? Okay. I have not been doing any work, and oh. uh, that's it, typically what a TA does, though. Is I, I know. Work. I mean, as far as my TA duties, thankfully, I just have to grade essays, and no essays have been assigned just yet. Moving, oh, moving to okay. online schooling has made uh, grading quizzes easier because oh yes, it can for all, sure. all be done on you know it can be graded by the system itself. But right. So so you know, silver linings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, the semester Have you ever have you ever gotten as a TA like just in an absolutely incredible or absolutely terrible essay that's worth mentioning? Oh man. Um there was somebody last semester who plagiarized an every frame of painting video almost word <laughs> almost word for word. And I was like, I'm your film TA. You don't think I watch these every frame of painting? One of the best YouTube channels to ever exist. Like, try harder. If you're going to do that, try <laughs> Which harder. Which one was it? It was the Satoshi Kone one. And I was like, That's oh, his best one. That is his best you're gonna... one. You're going to. It's unbelievable. That's, that's, yeah. that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're going to rip someone off, rip off, rip off Tony Zhu. He's one of the best. Yeah. Um, you know, imitation yeah. is the the highest That's, form of flattery, as they say. Yeah, uh, there's been a he's any he, he's still got he's still done his work since since that YouTube channel ended. Like you'll you'll find some of his es- video essays pop up on on Criterion releases. Yeah, I know he did um, Tampopo, which has been on my list forever. Yeah, uh, and, and really he also it. he's actually got a video essay on Cleo from five to seven in the Agnes Varda box set, which is really does cool. he really? Is, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I need to watch. I that. was Cleo from five to seven was obviously this is my favorite movie. It was the first film I watched on the Agnes Varda box set when I got it. It was my big, big physical media purchase, like the ultimate physical media purchase. Yeah, and I went over to the, all the supplements, and it was like video essay by Tony Zhu and I was like no way and yeah it's about the use of music in that film and it's great yeah that that um, Michelle Legrand score is is something else I was listening to uh, it so much after after watching it for mm. the first time I know I got that box set I need to crack it open I'm so bad about doing that uh the, oh you have the Agnes Rider box set yeah and the Bergman one um oh, only nice. only because I redeemed all of my old um credit card reward points 
to oh. in, instead of blind instead of buying a discounted flight, I was like, I'm gonna get the Bergman box set. I'm gonna that, cash them all in. That, yeah, no. If I was gonna, if there was any other big Criterion like box set thing that I that I that's that's currently available that I'd want, even though I've only seen one, I kind of want the the Godzilla box set. Yeah, I have though, that one too. You have that yeah, one too. Yeah. Um, just because I've, I'm incredibly interested in seeing the, the evolution of, cause I've only seen, I only recently just saw the first Godzilla film and wow, what a brilliant film. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, destroy all monsters in particular, the one where it's like Godzilla, Ghidorah, Mothra, Godzilla Jr. Uh, whose name <laughs> always escapes me, uh, I think Mechagodzilla is also in that one. That was a okay. fond memories of being in middle school, uh, okay. sleeping over at my friend's house for the first time and, and watching that one. And just um, having, a, having a good time. Yeah, well, I also want that uh, one car Y box set. Um, you have it? I want it. I think that's going to be my oh, next okay. one. I, I, I got a Criterion <laughs> gift card for for uh, Christmas, so I'm waiting for the flash okay. sale. I, yeah, no, I'm... I'd... I'm very much interested in getting that box set, but I'm afraid that it's just going to be all these weird, bad... I mean, we talked about it. All the weird color grading versions. Yeah. And, and I just prefer the originals, thank you very much. Um, I don't need an In the Matrix for Love, as it was <laughs> coined. Uh, but uh, back to the... Da- back to Wiseman. Yeah. Uh, back to the Wiseman we're... at hand. Yes. Uh, today we're talking about uh, the 2013 film at Berkeley, and um, all these all of Wiseman's films are available through Canopy, depending on what library you have ac- you get access to. But um, today we're talking about at Berkeley, which is the his documentary about UC Berkeley, uh, specifically during the fall of 2010, which I found when when I realized maybe about an hour and a half into it that this was taking place in 2010, I was a little taken aback because. Uh, typically his movies come out maybe a year, maybe two years at the most after the things that he films, um, after filming. And this was a, a much longer period than usual. It was like, and I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is a period piece almost, even, even when it came out. Um, and yeah, during a very eventful semester at UC Berkeley and, um, yeah, just goes through uh, the working inner workings of the administration. Um, we see in in we see scenes of various classroom discussions, classroom presentations, and I mean it's life at UC Berkeley. Um, what what did you expect going into this? Because this is another four hour. This is a four hour four minute film. So what did you, what did you expect this movie was going to consist of? Oh, what did I expect out of at at Boitley? I ain't exactly at Boykley, but I'm not exactly not at Boykley. Yeah, yeah, UT Austin. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously, a, a lot of similarities to my own collegiate experience, especially because UT Austin is also like this really big public college, right? Right. There's no, uh, it's it's not privately privately funded, uh, and I I figured that a lot of it was gonna be, um, talks. Like the administration talking about money, obviously, um, and it was going to be classes, um, 
and obviously side you know peripheral activities uh like football games um and and the the, the arts uh and you know i, I it, it pretty much met my expectations i guess if i had any for them for for the film i don't really know know what to say i think on like as as like an experience this wasn't my favorite one of the ones we've seen so far just cuz i get so much of it every day okay. like sitting through uh a class discussion is just there's just this is like the most secondhand embarrassment i've ever experienced in a frederick wiseman movie and i can't even explain it cuz like everybody is like obviously really smart and they're all trying to get you know nobody's at their best doing a classroom discussion trying to uh get a concept across while a camera is on you uh but there is just a uh i don't know i don't know if it's an unspoken tension but it's just something about the classroom scenes in particular that i was like please get me out of here really mr wiseman yeah i i yeah i think it just boils down to i get enough of this like you know six hours a week uh more more than that but i you know okay i don't know i i had a totally opposite experience with this film i this is this is top tier wiseman for me i um and and i think a large part of it may very well be by just how immediately um nostalgic i was or or towards like the experience of being in those classroom discussions and being at college i mean i don't think i'm going i had one year at montana state university and i don't think i'm going back i left for mental health reasons and for financial reasons and all this stuff and also because of the pandemic and why would i go back during a pandemic uh but it's just that i'm all of a sudden like i was just remembering all of the the amazing like specifically in stuff like my photography class and in my poetry class of just these were these round table discussions of of form and of and of oftentimes we would get into like public policy and politics and it was just all these this there's this special time in people's lives when they're at college where there are these young kids with big ideas and they're not they don't totally have the language to 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 describe it all but they're just bursting with 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 potential and with intention um one of my favorite lines in this movie is there's a there's a and we'll talk about it but there's a brewing uh thing to do with budget cuts and added fees and they're doing an interview with one of these with with a student and he talks about how it's fundamentally out of whack and i just love that phrase <laughs> that there's this this clash of 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 20 dollar words and slang that you only get at a college and just all of those all of that all those vibes i just loved like they're one of the i think it's like the third scene into the film is this like i don't know how long it lasts it may be like 20 30 minutes of just this round table discussion of talking about um poverty and um and i mean that paired with a scene that was towards the end of the film um was my like my favorite single bit 
was talking about how attitudes towards poverty have changed since the middle class was recently devastated by the Great Recession. And talking about uh, uh, our education systems focusing on money and production versus um, expression. There's one woman who went to school in Cuba and talks about education systems over there and how the focus is fundamentally different because of where the money comes from. And, and I just was, I was just riveted by these people's, these people deliberating and discussing. And that was my favorite part of, of going to university was that being in a room with a bunch of different people who had ideas and were willing to discuss them. And so I, I loved, I loved the classroom stuff. For me, the stuff that I was like, ah, do we really have to be here was like the stuff with the cabinet, with their board meetings, talking about budgets and stuff. But what I thought this film did so brilliantly was it it adds these threads throughout this movie. This movie is structured like better than most narrative features for me in the way it's putting information throughout this film about budget cuts and added fees and how it's all building up to what is ultimately the climax, like an actual like action climax of this movie, which is the October 7th protests yeah. and, and the sit-in. This, 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 out of all of the films we've seen, this film also has what I would say the, the clearest villains that I've ever seen in a Wiseman movie. There is this... Do you think they're villains? The administration? I don't know. The way it's like framed, the way... Okay, you see the footage of the protest, right? Then you cut right. to the boardroom, and they're like all in a conference call. Uh, and from one moment to another, they're like, oh, building's been cleared. And Wiseman purposely obscures how it's been done, uh, you know, whether or not it's by conscious omission or he didn't have the footage. Uh, and I mean, obviously, not, 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 not purely accidental. He, he's. You know, in constructing the film this way, he means for it to go that quickly and that suddenly, mm-hmm. that this protest is suddenly obviously no more over. Yeah, uh, and with with no clear reason why for the viewer, uh, and and then followed by who you know, I assume the the dean or the head of the school. So he's the he's the chancellor, um, Robert Bergenot, who's yeah. a physicist, a Canadian physicist. Thank you. But it's followed with him saying, you know, back in my day, our protests had a single focus, and now it everybody just goes out there because it's fun, just completely playing down the very real sort of qualms that right. that people have. I, he has a point about you know the protest being disorganized. But like, there's a lot, there's a lot wrong. Um, And, you know, without even getting into a larger discussion about how uh, protesting hardly, you know, has been weakened so much. uh, People's free speech has been weakened so much, uh, you know, in America that, that, that no organized protest movements have been able to, to, to bloom because they, they're always, you know, Cointel prod out, you know, they're, they're, they're snuffed before they can even start. Um, this is a year, right, before Occupy Wall Street. Right. Uh, no, and there's a lot of parallels even bef- to Occupy Wall Street in that they talk about how they don't have one single demand. It's like 
all of the demands that they have and like how can we you're you have no platform people are disinterested um i just i want to respond to your idea that they were the villains because what i actually found that this film did really well was give you enough time with both the students and the administration to understand both of their thinking and how um there's i mean from that opening big discussion with the students that they talk about added fees and how we later learn that those fees were added to cover financial aid for the low-income students and how if you take away those fees suddenly um the low-income students they're going to basically have more debt incurred upon them and how they're that the that I understand why the administration is making these. Um, and they also talk about how they had cuts to the staff, but they did it in such a way that it saved 460 staff jobs by also cutting the salaries of their faculty. Um, that, and how that, and then, but at the same time you also get, and it's a filmed magnificently like, it's rousing stuff like watching the protests happen and the demonstrations and Wiseman is able to really get in there. Like he is up with the presenters on the steps. There's a scene, a couple scenes before that where they're at a football game and he's like in there, like with the marching band. And it's, it's exciting uh, that I, I really love the, the, they had, they had a lot of access in this movie, which I found to be, um, really cool i just i'm imagining in that library sitting that there's all of these students doing the sit-in and then there's an 80 year old man with a boom mic um <laughs> also in there and just that thought really but i that you understand the students and their demands like one of their demands is that the that the cabinet needs to meet with the office of disabilities when they're forming the budget and like yeah they should have a voice in informing the budget because how are you are you making sure that everything is accessible to all people kind of thing um and then there's also but then like the demand so i understand all of the students demands and yes they should be met and i also understand the administration and they're like well we can't get this all done in two hours and we've we've had to make decisions over years because of how the state is disinvesting in us um to how we got to this point and i think that by the end of the film you realize that the issue is that the state is no longer sponsoring education the state is no longer investing in education and that education when students when people have to pay for it when it's not free and available that that's the root of the issue and i just i thought that, that was very well handled yeah i i think me painting them as the villains in my mind speaks more to my uh own resentment about university administrators in general well, sure and um like of course there is something to be said for the lack of rule uh that the that the state takes and then you know in 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 its own colleges uh it does feel like it's bordering on like scapegoaty at times uh instead of like who's scapegoating who the uc berkeley administration is uh using scapegoating the, 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 yeah scapegoating the state the state for for like a funding versus doing an honest assessment because I mean, part of the issue is policing somebody mentions that during the protest uh right. 
and you know there's a sort of lack of of introspection at least from what Wiseman shows us on on the administration's part to be like okay you know how can we fix this you know these problems of pensions also over policing um and and you know where are is our administration you know raking in six seven figure salaries uh while this is going on uh and that's never really addressed not mentioned sure. they keep repeating the same talking point that like uh, this that that particular year has the like biggest number of low income students ever. Um, they and they talk about it even in anticipation. The first time they mention that is like in anticipation of protests that might happen. It's like oh we'll draft a response that how and I was just like come on come on Burgino really yeah it, <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> exactly it's just like the 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 lack of willingness to take their demands seriously coupled with the complete omission of, of you know what role they play versus what role the lack of state funding plays uh in the issues that have been brought up uh part of the reason yeah obviously like i said lots of parallels uh in my own home state where you've got a new interim uh you know chair of the university uh while our last one uh oh, or, you know, was traveling during COVID. Our own mayor went during to like Bermuda during this time. Oh, that's right. I yeah. remember those stories. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's I'm a little I'm a little miffed miffed at them. I'm just a little upsetty. Yeah. Uh, no, I I would definitely agree that that the administration I would say bears more of the response is more in the wrong than the students because the students i mean yeah they might be disorganized and might their messaging might not be totally clear but they're on the right side of history let's be let's be totally clear here yeah that that we're i mean it goes back to the idea of reform versus um abolition right. kind of kind of deal and like props to the people who were there and who were like trying to organize and consolidate this movement with like a bigger leftist movement or like a bigger social justice movement. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, you know, compare that to like a scene prior where it was like, Oh, the moderates feel like they're not really represented at these protests. And I'm like, yeah, you're represented in everywhere else in the board, <laughs> in, in the boardroom itself. There, yeah. there you are. So it's like, shut up. <laughs> if you're going to come to this group and complain that the moderates aren't being listened to at, at a, at a, at a <sighs> protest. Yeah, I, we're watching this film now in 2021, and we're like, um, I think the moderates had a bit too much say because what moderates do is they allow for, I mean, let's be the the right to take a lot of the conversation space and now we're here i mean we saw how things eventually ended up we're in the future now and yeah that's so yeah, wacky that was the year that my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out what was i doing <laughs> i was on 4chan oh wait <laughs> you were on 4chan yeah i'm a reformed Harold, that's, you realize that that's a red flag right this is i'm a reformed 4chaner excuse me Oh, know I, know thine enemy. This is um. I know this is. I, a, I feel a bomb. differently about you now, Harold. This is like a yeah. This is like an episode five bombshell. 
that you... I'm dropping here. <laughs> Epi- yeah, episode six of our weekly Wiseman. Hear the shocking revelation of Harold Urtiaga's internet history. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you go to uh, 4chan uh, anonymous meetings where you talk about your <laughs> uh, your like how, what? How many days have you been sober? <laughs> oh man, it, it's been years. I'm I'm happy okay. to say. I but even besides all of the stuff about um the state funding and the protests on there there's still also just a ton of fun stuff that I think this film shows about the various aspects of what a university does um just um uh, you got everything from your incredibly dry readings of Thoreau to um to talking about interstellar travel to lots of performances there's a student performance of like a facebook song which really that, dates this film i, I hated that i that was, every that was single not good minute of that was pure <laughs> agony oh, why mr so wiseman much... why did you <laughs> it make was fun target me personally and then, and then stuff like that is contrasted with the chronos quartet performing which was blow away right i mean they're one of the best quartets in the world and like that was amazing um, but then you've got stuff like the robotics labs. I mean, this is what you get with your super high-end universities, as you, or as they say, higher education. Um, oh, I, I just want to mention after, like in the wake of the the October seventh protests, they there's a meeting with from one of the cabinet members with a bunch of students, with a group of students, who are just being the most condescending, self righteous kids ever, talking about the morals, the values of higher education. Screw those kids. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but we see like robotics labs and there's, um, uh, there, there's a group who's making these, uh, a set of exoskeletal legs for, uh, a paraplegic man. Um, and we also, there's one scene with a robot that's like work, has like a humanoid robot with arms. that's like working with cloth, which that scene was a little creepy for me because there's, I mean, there's obviously no score in this movie, but it's just this very silent hum and just the arms is like, anyway um impending and this robot is this is on the heels of of you know uh them talking about the fact that uh this, because taxes aren't cutting it for funding uc berkeley uh that most of their their revenue or the largest part of their revenue comes from their research right so and you know you that's playing you're thinking about that the fact that with these cases this research go to the highest bidder um almost definitely a military application and, right. and yeah it is a little is a little ominous yeah and i mean and we've seen in years since then how like i mean at least at montana state university which is one of the foremost research universities in terms of of engineering in in the country and how like when i was there like everything was about how can you how can your your major apply to research that we can then export essentially. Um, and there's, there's one small discussion where they talk about research. It's just once uh, I think he's a civil engineer talking with two students and um, at, I think, I don't know what kind of event it was, but they're just having a conversation and he talks about how um, they, they ha- they basically have to always work through the government in terms of public information and versus corporations funding studies and et cetera. 
but um and there's also throughout this film uh various i mean they're not really like famous they're not like ex libris level celebrities of like tanahisi coates and elvis costello but we get um like some uh there's a like i think a clinton era uh a cabinet member talking about uh self-evaluation that was he was a great presenter a great public speaker um and there's like a cancer researcher um who who speaks and i like while the film was going i would take notes and i would just do some research afterwards to figure out who they are and it's just there's i i enjoyed i i was never this was another film where i was never really bored at any point throughout like there was always something that either it was actively engaging or it was so hyper specific and technical that i couldn't understand it but i was kind of hypnotized and i was it was I had a delight with this. I, this film was a delight for me. Yeah, you really got got caught up in the in the college vibe. What did you study? What, what did you study while you were at Montana? State? I was a film major. Nice, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, uh, uh, and yeah, and I knew, and I knew when going in that I likely had one year mm-hmm. worth of money in me. Like I had gotten a, I had a pretty good scholarship, but I ultimately I wouldn't be able to afford going for a full four years. So I went and I'm like, I'm only going to take the classes that I'm going to really enjoy. And so I took all the basic classes for film for a film major. But then I took like poetry and I took um, and I took a, a, I mean, I took a philosophy and film class. That was that was that was a that was a hoot. That class um, uh, talking about thinking about thinking about film and just it got so many esoteric conversations that were just so much fun to have Um, yeah i love that kind of stuff yeah and that's that's what i loved about college was getting into talking about hyper specific things with with people who knew what they were talking about and that's what i got from this movie ultimately i there was only a couple scenes of like you know like there's a choral performance at like a sorority and there's like a big thing that happens at one evening where like everyone's out like having like a pep rally or something that stuff was it's not it's largely not present in the film but it also happened to be the stuff that i was not involved in when i was at school and so this felt like a pretty good representation of what going to school was like at least for me for other people who were maybe more into the the fraternity lifestyle or whatever like that kind of stuff who weren't in the more hyper specific who were just kind of there to have fun there's not a lot of that those account for mostly just the interstitials like you'll see people playing having a frisbee game there is one brief bit where we see a guy on a tight rope and um how they have this makeshift type rope that 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 guy was outside of my dorm room window i could always see the guys people going on the type rope um but yeah, just lots of little details that I enjoyed. Yeah, I would love to see Wiseman at a frat party. I think that would be great. Um, that would have been imagine just imagine that eighty year old man at like a kegger. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What? Where else would you like to see him? Um, I mean, in a college setting. <laughs> no. Uh, just in general. What? What institution should he tackle next if he does tackle one next? I mean, oh, by the way. Uh, uh, Frederick Wiseman has been vaccinated. Yes, we did so, get the news. Congratulations, King. Her, yes, uh, th- thank you, thank you. Um, I he's. I mean, it's also this vaccination rollout is just is been not great. I mean, yeah. 
as I mean, as an SNL pointed out, OJ Simpson has been vaccinated before most Americans. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, in turn, I would, I mean, this is selfish, but I would really enjoy an entire Wiseman film dedicated to a, to like a, something to do with like queer, a queer thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, just like if, whether it's like, a, I mean a gay bar, but like really what I want to see is some sort of like, I want there to be, and this is a movie that I just want to make myself is about a bar that is just like filled with non-binary people or like people outside of, of gender. And then, and, and it, and it wouldn't be like this preachy thing. It would just be watching them live. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see people like me living. And cause it's, it's something that I'm not seeing in cinema. There was a tiny bit in, in city hall where we got to see a non-binary person working at a, at a parking violations thing, appeal, appeal place. But I, that's what I want to see from Wiseman is some, I want to see some queer stuff from him. That's what I would like to see. But yeah. Frederick Wiseman's just... Paris is burning. Um, no, Frederick Wiseman's, um, I want to see Frederick Wiseman's, uh, uh, what's this? Yeah, I guess there hasn't really been, I mean, what are the other seminal documentaries in that vein? Like, what have we had since Paris is Burning? I mean, like, queer documentaries? I mean, you could definitely call, I I know, that's a fiction film, uh, A Portrait of Jason, Shirley Clark. That's that, the only one. See, that I but can... this is this is old. Yeah, what yeah, have yeah. we had since two thousand, man? We've had have we've we... we've had good we've had good stuff. I I'm just blanking on it. Oh yeah, I mean probably me too. But anyway, uh, editor's note: I forgot to look up what we're watching next week for our week with Wiseman, and it turns out that we're watching the 2011 film Crazy Horse, which is about a burlesque nightclub in Paris. So we'll see how that goes. Um. Yeah. Uh, no, um. Yeah. You. You. Any. It, you gave such a thoughtful answer. You really put a damper on <laughs> on the bit that I was gonna do. Cause, oh, because I was no, gonna no, be. Please, please have your bit. Yeah. I. I love Harold bits. <laughs> I was gonna be like, he should do a furry convention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be illuminating for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you have you ever seen any YouTube videos? Uh, all gas, no breaks. Uh, you haven't heard of this of this person? No. Uh, he he does this sort of social uh, social observational. I don't know. He not like Wiseman because he's not fly on the wall. He inserts himself. He's in front of the camera. He's interviewing okay. people. Uh, but he shows up to these places. He showed up to a furry convention. He showed up. Uh, he's gone to Las Vegas. He's gone to New Orleans. He's gone to the Tesla rocket launch. Uh, he's gone to uh, you know. Democratic Convention, Republic National Convention, um, and he uh, is kind of wearing like this schlubby suit, uh, and he's super tall. He's got this super curly hair. He kind of stands out, uh, and he just gives people the mic and just kind of lets them keep going. Uh, and it makes it makes for some really yeah, they're like almost micro documentaries in their own right, um, and. For some reason, the number one people, the number one thing that people like to do when they are given the mic by him for an extended period of time is freestyle. A lot of people love to take it upon themselves and try to freestyle <laughs> rap in his videos. And that alone uh, is reason enough to watch. That might be my 
off the wall recommendation for today. I'll, yeah. Are you just calling it now? Yeah, I'm just calling it now. I'm sorry. I, I got into okay. this tangent. All gas, no brakes on YouTube. Um. <laughs> uh, uh... All right. Um, okay. Well, in that case, like, are there any other specific like scenes or or um, aspects of this film that you wanted to make sure were addressed in this? I think the the stuff with the engineers that you mentioned kind of stood out to me because Wiseman kind of lingers on that scene for a bit. Yes, he does. Uh, on on, on sort of scenes. real talk about racism, the fact that black engineering students are often excluded out of study groups, and what could be done yes. uh, to rectify that. Um, and and it's it's not an easy talk, and it's not a comfortable no, that, talk. No, what I that was that was other than that third scene was my favorite scene in the film because um, because I mean at the beginning of the scenes like we're just gonna have I can't remember the exact wording I think in my notes I had something like uh, uh, a frank interpersonal reckoning like we're just gonna talk with each other about these problems and it's and yeah like they I mean several at several points throughout the conversation it's like I don't know if what I'm saying is racist right now but this and they're just allowed to to have this conversation and bring up these issues about uh, participation in class, about how um, white and Asian people participate more often in class. They raise their hands more often because there's less at stake if they come off as, as, as smart or they talk about glasses. Um, No, that, that scene, I mean, that just brought me right back to, to when I was at, um, when I was at school and like was at with the Montana racial equity project or the black student union in the times I was able to go to there. And um, just a lot of that stuff. I mean, if there was one thing that I thought was absent from this film was it would have been interesting to see a, a, a QSA kind of thing, like a queer straight Alliance thing. Um, I mean, we see people throughout the film that I'm guessing were queer um, but it, it's never really mentioned or anything. And, um, and I'm always fascinated. Like I'll, as we go through all of Wiseman's films, I'll be fascinated to see if there's any queer representation, just to see how the language, how the attitudes, how the, the, how all of that has changed over time. Um, you can definitely, this was the first film that felt like a period piece because like there, there are flip phones visible, um, old like headphones that no one would ever wear today and also fashion is is noticeably different um that there is leftovers from the 2000s kind of thing and um but yeah no that that scene was was definitely one of my favorites yeah and it seems that Wiseman you know was very aware of sort of tension generated in you know his assembly of, of, of that scene in particular, because right after is that Facebook musical theater number, if I remember correctly. Mm, and Facebook music is here. Let me get in the note. I think it's pretty early on in the film. Uh, then, um, then, then right after there's a musical bit. And then uh, there is a, 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 a part where it's a, like out on the plaza or something. And it's a bunch of, of, couples i guess it's it's a bunch of there's people okay so what immediately follows um what immediately follows that scene is there is a it's at zellerbach hall and it's a theater like monologue rehearsal like oh yeah, 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 yeah. monica yeah which then comes back at the and that's what plays under the credits um but then we go out and see like street yo-yoists and there's some outdoor dancing yes that 
the nerdiest group of people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right. Dancing right. dancing to banana phone. Yeah, there's that one guy with those amazingly baggy pants. Yeah. That are like you can't even see his shoes. Yeah. Um no, that was fun. Um one more thing I wanted to shout out. Um, it's a thread throughout the film and it's the aspect of the staff and like the, the people who maintain at one point they mention how because of cuts and stuff, they have a total of one lawnmower for the entire campus. And, and it is one of those moments where I was like, Oh, screw you, Bergino is when after he's like, we have one lawnmower for the entire campus and that's a problem. And Bergino goes like, well, he does a good job. And everyone like breaks out in laughter it's like ah ha ha and i'm just like we have one you you realize how how understaffed you are um and so i just wanted to shout out like we see there's an actual like beautiful scene where a guy's cleaning some stairs um and we like see the dirt like falling down the stairwell and it's like almost got like a magical quality to it but just wanted to shout out the staff that they are in in uh what's what's the word i'm thinking it's not incredible 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 in do you know the word i'm thinking of no instrumental yes in, they sure are critical invaluable they're they yeah okay we'll go with that one i don't think that's a word but they are invaluable to the university and that i'm glad that we got to spend some time like there's one woman with a leaf blower that we get to spend some time with um anyway so shout yeah. out to them Good, good degree of construction in the movie as well. It, yes. felt, it felt like UT was constantly under construction. Um, Same. They like redid, Same with MSU. redid our, our whole main pathway uh, in the time that I was there for undergrad. Um, and they were laying down bricks, <clears throat> but they hadn't cemented them. So people would okay. just steal the bricks uh to the point where the university has to like make an announcement saying please if you've taken any bricks from speedway put them back you won't get in trouble but we need you to put those bricks back we don't have it in the budget that's hilarious (laughs) please put our bricks back (laughs) um (laughs) uh so then i guess uh final thoughts and uh quantified vibe check for at berkeley final thoughts um this part was not meant to be funny but i thought it was hilarious uh to see the soldiers uh, attempting to to just like zip line or like you know yeah like in front of a strip mall uh <laughs> just pretending that they were in the middle of vietnam they weren't brave enough to even throw real grenades um, oh, come, they're not going to throw <laughs> real grenades on a campus. How, <laughs> how can they ever expect to be combat ready if they're not throwing <laughs> real, real grenades Harold. in the lawn? Yeah, that 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 one landscaper. Those bits were surreal. That one landscaper is going to have his work cut out with for him <laughs> with the craters in the ground. <laughs> uh, just make them little ponds. Um. Did did, right. did did MSU have a little have a little pond section? UT has a has a little turtle pond. We have a we have a very famous duck pond at nice. MSU. We had it, and it, yeah, like there are ducks there every single day. There's always at least fifty of them. Like even when it's like negative ten degrees out, that they heat the pond so that ducks can hang out there. That's like nice. it's a, we have a little. A, they are an institution at the institution. We have a little turtle pond. Um, did, did did your campus have like a weird thing about squirrels? Uh, no. I mean, I'm sure that there were squirrels there, but 
ducks were really the thing that were prevalent on the Montana at the Bozeman campus. But but to the point where students had uh, superstitions uh, about about the ducks. No, I don't think so. Everybody just kind of liked them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, as, you know, they're lovely, lovely. What's animals. up with the squirrels at UT Austin? No, uh, this seems to be the case not only at UT Austin at, at several college campuses. Maybe our one patron will tell us. Um, <laughs> in the we've got three patrons. Maybe one of our three patrons will 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 chime in on this. Uh, but there are a lot of squirrels at the UT campus. They're very used to people, uh, so they will eat food if offered to them. Uh, but okay. but the superstition is if you see uh, an albino squirrel uh, on exam day, you will get an A. That's, oh. that's it. Huh. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Are there many? Did you ever see an albino squirrel? I saw a very pale squirrel. I do not <laughs> think it was albino. Okay. He just been he'd been he'd been staying out of the sun. Yeah. Maybe an older <laughs> an older squirrel with the okay. with the gray hairs. You got a quantified vibe, Jack Harold? <laughs> oh man, let's say give it uh two hacky sacks out of two. All right. Um yeah, I I really enjoy, I really enjoyed at Berkeley. This is this is one of my favorite Wiseman films that I've seen for sure. Um and if I were going to school now, I might hate this movie. Who knows? Um because right now I'm I'm feeling nostalgic for the last period when i was interacting with others which was right before the pandemic which was at school um and i'm blocking out all of the extreme depression (laughs) that i was dealing with at the same time so um but yeah i and one one last thing i'll say is that there's a in terms of how wiseman edits this film is that since we are in lots of large groups of people talking with each other we get a lot of coverage of people's faces and I think that specifically because, I mean, we've been in classrooms, we know what hap- goes on, is like watching and seeing the people who are bored versus the people who are thinking really hard. And I just, I love seeing seeing the, the, the sights of just the various states of mind that the students are in um, throughout the film. But uh, I'll give, the, I'm going to give this film four and a half. I'm going to give it four and a half, four and a half harmonica solos out of of one uh free speech movement cafe speech about historical literacy <laughs> there we go uh i will say i think this is the the most instances i've seen uh in a wiseman project so far of someone accidentally knocking into the camera i i counted two times uh, oh yeah yeah where the, where the camera just suddenly takes a little jolt uh either up or down um, oh, and also in one of the board meetings, uh, I think we briefly see one of the crew members like cu- closing the blinds, closing the sh- like the shades, and we see like the, his like fanny pack or whatever his like his tool, to- whatever he's carrying. Um, we briefly see him like in in the on the edge of the frame. That's uh, that's professionalism right there. Yeah, no Wiseman cameos though. Um, all right. Uh, so okay. So tell me more about these. Tell me more about these. Uh, tell me more about your recommendation of the margins. What are these? So these... yeah, all, all, like I said, all gas no breaks YouTube channel. Okay. Um, I'm branching out. It's not gonna be. Just, yeah. It's just not gonna, sure. gonna be movies. It's gonna be weird. Uh, YouTube content and maybe... eventually will be a TikTok only podcast. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Watch this six second clip uh, of a, a guy um, uh, pooping. 
what is with you and excrement heroin? Lowest common denominator. Yeah, um, you seem to go back to it quite a bit. I, it, you know, and I will go back to it again. Um, it, it is just the easiest. It's right there. It's just right, right for it the sure right is. for the taking. Uh, but <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interpret that Thanks as, for putting that as, image as you in will. My head. Yeah, uh, but all gas no breaks is yeah just a marvel of of editing and uh, participatory observation. Um, it's so, so is it a, like is it like a in the vein of something like Borat where you're just seeing where these people how far these people will go or yes, but there is remarkably little like there is no uh, God what is the word that I'm looking for there there is no provocation in the it, it, on the part of the host uh okay. it's not like borat where he's purposely acting like a dumb foreigner to make people's biases about dumb foreigners uh yeah. apparent right um yeah. all, all gas no breaks is just kind of a, a a guy with a camera and a mic and seeing what kind of people will gravitate to just a guy with a camera and a mic um hmm. yeah cool it, it, i it, yeah, no, there's not a, a a character being played. I I would say by by this guy. Uh, okay. Yeah, do you you'll have to you'll have to watch one and tell me what you think. Uh, yeah. Because I'm 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 curious. I mean, I I will say that I did watch Local Hero. Um, I watched it right before it went off Criterion Channel, and I adored it. What a what a pleasant film. I didn't. It like it's it's so funny. Like the how much time is spent to just tiny little like sight gags. Or just little funny lines. There's just there's so much to love with that movie. All the performance. P- young Peter Capaldi. Oh yeah, Woo! he's so sexy. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the the thing he has for that girl with the webbed feet. <laughs> yeah, that was that that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I also love the there's a the Russian guy in that movie, mm-hmm. and he sings a song that I think was written for the film itself. That's oh okay. Yeah, that he sings like a country song. It's so perfect. That's like the the cultural match that's kind of happening. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm really glad you liked it. Yeah, no, it's is I I said it was I called it the definition of pleasant. Yeah, I checked uh, out. I watched the other Bill Forsyth movie that was coming off the channel uh, that month, last month. Housekeeping, it's yeah. also also fantastic if you get a chance to. All right, if it ever comes around, I'm I'll sure it go will. Around. There's so much yeah. stuff that I was like, oh my god, I need to watch this. I really need to watch this before it leaves the channel. And then yeah. I check the next month what titles are leaving, and I'm like, that that movie has been previously list- listed, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point did they make the decision to not take it away, or what? Yeah. Or at what You've, point you... did they silently bring it back? Yeah. Tell me, Criterion. Be transparent. Um, and yeah, and speaking of the Criterion Channel, I'd just like to tell our listeners that if you're if you're considering becoming a patron, we do have a Patreon only podcast uh, dedicated to the films of Lucrecia Martel, the Argentine director, and several of her films uh, are on Criterion Channel and will be leaving at the end of the month. So, we if you if you want to catch uh, uh, La Cienega or the Headless Woman, or um, or Zama, then they're on the Criterion Channel to the end of the month, to the end of February. Uh, my recommendation for the margins, I also kind of went off the beaten path. It's not, I was trying to think of something that I could relate to this film. 
Um, and then I was like, you know what? I actually have a better idea. And so my recommendation today is going to be the 2020 Miranda July film Kajillionaire because that is a film uh, that stars Evan Rachel Wood um, learning to uh, free herself of the baggage of her uh, her um, n- not uh, uh, physically abusive, but just f- of a family that is has kept her down. And so I would just I'd and I'm bringing that film up because hey Evan Rachel Wood you're amazing and you're awesome and we stand with you and I um, have never intentionally listened to any music by Marilyn Manson and I definitely won't now um, so yeah that's just wanted to to bring that up because not only is it one of the best films of last year made me ball so much um, that shout out to Evan Rachel Wood you're amazing yeah that was on my list or I guess it still is uh, has been for a while now I didn't get to it last year I did yeah I've seen one other Miranda July movie so you and me and everyone we know yeah yeah Yeah, that got a Criterion release recently sure did Uh, and I watched that in like my that was like Netflix streaming had just started and there were only like five movies (laughs) And one of them was you and me and uh, everyone we know. The days. Yeah. It was... I remember when Netflix meant getting DVDs sent to your home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just, yeah. And for some reason, in my mind, uh, we... uh, forever. Uh, wait, is this the... Is this what I think it is? What do you mean? That's Never dialogue mind. from the film. Okay. Anyway, never mind. I'm 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 cutting this out. <laughs> I'm cutting out. I'm not letting you get that get that reference in, into the podcast. Um, uh, but yeah, no, Kajillionaire, It's there is there is some beautiful imagery involving bubbles that I won't really spoil. That's just so much in that movie that is just so so powerful, and you should definitely see it. Um, Harold, why don't you why don't you plug yourself? I'm at Harold TXT on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at, at Schmerold, S-C-H-M-A-R-O-L-D. Got it this time. My brain didn't break in the middle of me saying that. Um, and, you know, at a college campus near you. Yeah, I, I want to I do like a campus tour where I just yeah. do a one-man show. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Um. All right. Uh, I'm at Twitter <laughs> Letterbox at Blue Gray Closet. I've started keeping track of all of the films that we've reviewed here. Um, on the screen's margins, all the various podcasts. Um, so you can find that on on my Letterbox. You can find this podcast. We're based at Anchor.fm slash Screens Margins, but we're on the Apple Podcast. You can s- subscribe and give us a five star review there. We're on Spotify, all the places. Um, and you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash screensmargins. The aforementioned Lucrecia Martel bonus podcast is on there. We got podcasts on Fassbinder and Dorothy Arzner. Um, and we've got polls that you can vote on what films we review in future episodes of the Fassbinder podcast, what the future, what we review on future episodes of the new releases podcast, Fresh on the Margins. Um, we're going to actually be having several polls go up for the for episode seven of Fresh from the Margins because I will be taking a two-week break from podcasting for mental health family reasons. And um, but when we come back, I'm gonna be reviewing not one, not two, but three films on the on the new releases podcast. So 
you can vote on polls for what we will all be reviewing on there. And, uh, yeah, you'll be able to also available to patrons is notes from the margins, which is the scene by scene breakdown of the Wiseman films that I'm, that I, uh, uh, make, uh, for this podcast. So those are available over on Patreon and yeah. Yeah. If we, if we get enough, uh, patrons at the $10 tier, uh, I'll allow them to involve me in an increasingly dangerous series of dares. Um, again, Patreon guidelines. Uh, oh, yeah, I should really read the terms of service. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you watch yourself, Harold. <laughs> we are we are selling consumer art, not our our safety. Um, all right. Uh, with that, uh, we know that there's a pull these days when it comes to films to focus only on the big and mainstream stuff. So thank you for spending time with us today here on the margins. Good night. Mm-hmm. Oh